0: I'm I'm gonna be a little bit of 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 a little bit welcome to the echo cast episode 149 the ascension i am morgan aka bond diesel and this is a podcast about gaming gaming news gaming platforms and technology from the perspective of a a lifelong nerd. And now father, please take a moment to subscribe to and rate the podcast on whatever platform you listen to it on comments on the YouTube video retweets on Twitter and iTunes reviews are the most helpful. Also be sure to let me know if you have any questions or topics for the next episode, by replying on Twitter posts in the YouTube comments or by becoming a patron. I would like to thank this month's Patreon supporters, Hassan, Christian, Darren, Tim, PK, manmade golf, lunchbox, and Dale. If you would like to support this podcast and my other content, please check out patreon.com slash bond This episode, we will talk about the ascent release and thoughts, PS5, expandable memory, halo infinites, beta flights, listener questions, content updates, and more so jumping right on into it we'll uh, start off with the ps5 m.2 expansion beta so um if you have a ps5 you already know this or if you're a sony fan you may as well Um, or if you just pay attention to gaming news in general uh, sony is finally updating um, or well, in the beta uh, process of allowing people to expand their memory so um, if you know the Xbox series X and the PS five are doing their expandable memory, very different this generation, the Xbox, um, has a proprietary, uh, hook up in the back of the system. That is a essentially a proprietary M dot two connector. If you're a computer person, um so instead of it just being like a usb uh, external drive um it's actually an m.2 like pcie you know pci express uh you know jack right into your motherboard which is extremely fast and very nice um Xbox decided to go with a proprietary, like it almost looks like a USB drive, but it's not Um, right now. The only one is made by Seagate and it's, uh, I think around 190 bucks now for one terabyte of expandable memory. Um, you can still use the USB, uh, like USB three, um, which is fast, but still isn't as fast as an M.2. It's very quick. Um, so Xbox went with a very limited, um, but available day one solution that has worked from the, from day one or Sony um, has t- taken a weird route, um, which in the long run will probably work well for them, um, but, but they've done something weird. So the way the PS5 works is that you pop off the cover of the PS5 and there's a little door that you unscrew and you can pop in an M.2 into a just a normal M.2 bay, just like a motherboard on a PC. Um, the issue is that up until now, um, it didn't work. Uh, partially because there were no supported M.2 drives. Um, and partially, I don't know, it seems easy to assume that it's mostly because they, the software wasn't complete, that there, there's no hardware reason why it is only now starting to uh, work and it's only for people using the beta operating system on PS five. So you have to opt in. It doesn't mean it, so it's not final, so it could have issues. Um, weird, very weird in my opinion. Um, but what, whatever, I mean, it's fine. It's not the end of the world. Um, like I said, in the long run, this may work out well for them, um, as SSD prices drop and stuff. Um, the unique thing is that, uh, the PS5 is using a extremely high speed SSD. Um, and so it's going to be fairly, Uh, a pretty small number of ssds that are fully going to take advantage of what this can do um, and what it requires and um, they're very expensive so um i saw someone there's some stupid console war crap going on about it and i saw some guys say something along the lines of like well i can throw in a four terabyte m.2 and the xbox people will cry or whatever like the M that a four terabyte m.2 that will work in this, I believe, is over a thousand dollars right now. So um if you want to spend twice as much as you did on your console for more memory than you'll ever use, um go nuts. You can even own the Xbox players that way, I guess. Um so I mean my overall thoughts on it is that I think the more open-ended avail like able to use this, like I said, will work out for Sony in the long run. They'll make it so, I mean, there'll there'll be some PS5 branded M.2s. So, you know, grandma isn't trying to figure out what an NVMe drive is compared to a typical SSD and blah, blah, blah. Um, There will be a handful of like very clearly PS5 branded M.2s that come out. Um, They'll probably be kind of expensive though. I I don't think they're going to get it cheaper than Xbox's expandable memory, even though the Xbox One is uh, proprietary. Um and even if they do like you 'll be able to find ones cheaper, but they probably won 't be the ones catered to p s five and The reason I say that is because it 's actually a requirement or i think a heavy suggestion that um there 's no natural heat sink or cooling um for this device when you when you put it in and m.2s run very hot um now they actually have to run hot um if they don 't run hot they 're actually more efficient when they 're when they 're warm, obviously they can overheat, and that 's a bad thing but um it it's interesting. Like, so so what I'm getting at is you actually have to have a very specific thickness of heatsink and stuff for this to install correctly and things like that. So it, it's very odd. PlayStation has um that I think PlayStation is very lucky that they just kicked so much ass with the PS4. Because if this was if we you know, obviously, this is you know stupid, but if you ignore the success of the Slash Gen um, and purely look at the way these two systems have released, um, I think you still give the edge to PlayStation for games. Um, Ratchet and Clank and um, uh, Returnal and some of the exclusives they have are really great, but I don't think it's like miles better than what Xbox is doing. Um, and I really think from a messaging. St- point of view from a hardware point of view from a you know ease of use point of view that xbox is really dragging playstation around but because playstation moved twice as many units last gen or more i think it doesn't matter because people love their playstation and that's dope that's awesome so um it's weird it's just it, it's it's been it's it's so odd that that the fact that like this memory it's taken you know not almost a year but like nine months or whatever you know uh, or eight or nine months to get to a point where you can expand your memory that isn't just a usb drive on the playstation it's very odd it it's, it seems like something that shouldn't have taken this long and should have been available from the start even if there weren't drives that um, were available or that qualified but here we are so people are using it um, there has been some in my opinion kind of over the topness about how difficult it is to install it obviously the xbox solution is easier it's literally just a drive you pop in the back of your system um but installing this thing isn't that big of a deal it but if you think about the day-to-day typical user or the kids who are going to be playing it or the adults who don't know computers or the even older people who don't know computers you know taking your system apart even if it is a couple screws is still scary and you still do need to put that ssd in the right way now there's only one way to put it in but if you try to put it in the wrong way and force it you'll break your ssd that's probably almost as expensive as your system so there's like there's that you know um there's also the whole thing of i've seen a lot of comparisons people saying like yeah the xbox one is easier but it's a it's an it's a inferior drive Um, now if you look at the actual uh, drives that are in the two systems and what the requirements are for the expansion ones i mean the playstation 5 drive is faster it moves more data more quickly the the thing about that though is that um you'll never be able to tell at least from what i can tell because um the only games that will take full advantage of the full Um, advantage and speed that Sony has are Sony games. Um, I could be wrong, but I would assume all third-party games are going to you know be not not be designed for the for the top end because you have to think that third party games are still going to have especially games that are cross gen are going to have to be able to work on hard drives and regular SSDs and now M.2s and even the super fast M.2 that the PS5 uses so at the end of the day you'll probably see a very small if any difference on third party games and then obviously the same thing as with sony games on microsoft games you know halo you won't be able to tell the loading difference between ps5 and series x because you can't play halo on ps5 just the same as you know the other way around so that whole thing is just you know it, it's 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 all the fanboyism stuff and the console war stuff that really is just a waste of time for everyone so um at at the end I'm happy that the PlayStation 5 owners can finally, uh, expand their memories. Um, especially because I believe the usable memory on the PS five is only like 600 gigs. Um, I assume there's some operating system stuff going on in there and, uh, probably some allocation of the SSD for, um, to basically use as like RAM and things like that to help support the system, um, maybe for quick start features and things like that. Um. So this is probably a pretty exciting development for a lot of PlayStation 5 owners for the 15 or 20 there are out there because these things are so hard to find. So I'm curious to how it works out in the long run. I think Xbox is going to eventually open up the manufacture of the the uh, special M.2 connection to other companies than just Seagate. Um the the I mean best case scenario is that eventually someone is going to make um, that proprietary plug, and it'll just be a, a a device that you can stick any M.2 in. And so you can buy a 250 gig or a four terabyte M.2, pop it into this adapter, pop it into the back of your Xbox and have all the memory you want. Um, I think with, I suspect that Microsoft signed a deal with Seagate for probably a year or two years or something um, to not do that. Um, but I think you may see some nefarious people maybe start that sooner than later and then i wouldn't be surprised if xbox eventually just allows it for you know for actual production with partners so it's interesting it's something to keep an eye on because you know the memory thing will matter especially as time goes on and some of these games get bigger and things like that so uh yeah yeah so any ps5 owners who are listening congrats on your expansion if you're in the beta and um, i assume i bet by the end of year they'll have it out for everyone my um, next bit here is talking about the ascent. So that is a game made by Neon Giants. It's their first game. Um, it is on Xbox Game Pass for Xbox and the PC. Uh, I believe you can also buy it on Steam straight up. So if you haven't seen or heard me talk about it or seen anything about it, it's kind of a it's a twin stick shooter type game. It's it's got some RPG elements, but that's definitely not the main focus. It's got some story it's definitely not the main focus. It's basically just this really gritty, very punchy, satisfying twin stick shooter that uses cover and, and different types of augments and skills and stuff. Um, it's really fun and it is gorgeous. It is an insanely just ridiculously gorgeous game. It is so pretty. Um, the, the cyberpunk uh, punk aesthetic really isn't my thing, um, but it, it, it looks so good, and I'm really um, I'm really enjoying it. So I've only played about an hour and a half, two hours of it so far. Um, that the gunplay feels great the movement feels great the dodging and stuff feels really good Um, the first like augment or skill you get is this kind of like super punch and the way it affects the enemies or at least the low level enemies if there's like a dude running at you with a baseball bat you do this punch and it sends a shockwave at them and what it does is it sends their body flying backwards and then where their body was when you used it this like red mist of i guess blood goes up into the air and then just fades away so there's their body flying in the background and then this this mist body that just floats up and goes away it just looks it feels so satisfying it's a really cool game it's very good um it's not it's not as deep as i think some people wanted it to be i kind of pulled back my expectations a bit i kind of have a feeling this is a play through it enjoy it maybe come back in a few months and play it again type of game um i think there were some people that thought this was going to be like a full rpg experience with like you know really in-depth like conversations and things like that it's not you're i don't think your character even speaks it's um it's it, it's it's very simple in that way um but it's this—it's this company's first game, and they only have twelve devs. And when you play it, like I'm assuming, it's going to be a ten or fifteen-hour game um, with some ability to go back and play it again if you want. Um, for what I was looking for, it's dope. If you want to see me playing it, you can go to Twitch.com or Twitch.tv/slash Bondiesel and look at my vods. Um, I played it on Thursday for about an hour on stream, and it is. Just so fun. Um, There has been some interesting media reactions. Um, It seems like people playing it. I'm playing it on Series X. It seems like people playing it on PC have had some mixed um, experiences with the, uh, the performance. I didn't notice this a single hitch when I was playing it on series X. Um, it seems like people are having some pretty significant issues, um, seeing big bugs and things like that. I haven't seen that yet. Um, if I do, I'll definitely update in another episode. Um, but I, I can't help, but notice that a lot of the kind of neutral and negative reviews I've seen about it are, from people who tend not to be very kind to xbox um it's not a perfect game it's a very simple game and and it definitely has room um to be uh, criticized but i think if you see any reviews of it like under like it's like a seven out of ten um read read closely and and maybe read some other reviews by those people and see kind of where they lean um because it just, I think for what it is, it's, it's hard to, for me to, cons- to think that someone could rate it much lower, but to each their own. Um, yeah. So check it out. If you have game pass, obviously definitely check it out. Um, if you have to pay for it, if it's 20 or 30 bucks, I actually don't know how much it is on steam. I think it's worth it. Um, I would probably wait if you care about what I think until I can update in another episode or two, once I've beaten the game and I can give a more thorough feeling or, uh, review of it. Uh, But from what I've seen so far, it's pretty dope. So uh, the third story here is talking about the Halo Infinite beta flights have begun. So um, I think on Thursday, they started putting out um, some beta of the PVP of Halo Infinite. Um, it started off where it could just be you. And, and if you wanted to team up with people, you could playing against kind of low level bots. Um, then the next day, I think on Friday, they introduced high level bots that people are like really raving about, about how difficult they are. Um, and I believe either today or, or soon they're introducing actual PVP where you'll be able to fight against actual people. Um, the, I did not get an invite. Unfortunately, um, I realized too late that I had submitted my beta information for the console, which they're not doing yet. And I never actually submitted my PC invite. So I did, I have done it since, um, it, it involves running a program and sending them all of your computer stats, um, answering some questions. So I'm probably millions down the list at this point, so I probably won't get it. I wish I would have done it the right way months ago when they offered people to sign up, but here we are. Um, From what I've seen, um, I've seen people who aren't big Microsoft goons or not even really into Halo, like talking about how even at this early stage, it feels very tight. And when it comes to the pvp mechanics and the shooting the shooter mechanics and just the way the game feels like it feels like a masterful pvp game and this is just them playing as bots you know um and they said like, the, the guns feel great the movement feels great just it's it's really exciting seeing because obviously i have the handful of people i follow who were gonna juice this up no matter what it felt like like they just love halo they love xbox whatever but then there's been people who i don't really follow that closely who i feel like kind of dog on on xbox or even halo um who are like nah this is pretty dope like it feels really good um so that gets me super excited i've watched a decent amount of streams and videos and stuff about it Um, i mean it looks great it just it it feels like you know oh i want to feel that halo 2 pvp feeling again and it looks like this is as close as we may ever get uh in a very very good way so um, if I'm able to get into the flights and play a little bit of it, obviously I'll give that experience. Um, the actual game is only a few months away, probably. We still don't have an actual release date. Most people are assuming middle or late November to correspond with the 20th anniversary of the franchise. Um, so we'll have to wait and see. I wouldn't be surprised if it's, a little, if it's in December, maybe closer to Christmas, to try to drive some of that hype. Um, but we'll have to wait and see. So, so far Halo infinite, the, the PVP beta, uh, looks great and it's really exciting to see who has been excited about it and the things they're saying. So, uh, check it out. There's a bunch of streamers playing it. there's a bunch of videos about it. Um, yeah, so check it out. I will be too. Um, there's some uh, unfortunate um ongoing issues with the activision uh, situation um they he had some issues where it seems like they're uh, they hired a law firm um, that uh, most recently was known for breaking up the Amazon employees union attempts so it seems like Activision is kind of doubling down in the background to try to make sure this moment doesn't turn into something that's unfortunate for them, which is a huge bummer um, that instead of actually trying to, you know, listen and change, they're just battening down the hatches. And, um, in this brought up, uh, so on Wednesday, there was a walkout scheduled by the Activision employees. Uh, what also came up that day was a a petition, um, and it, it involved a ton of Ubisoft employees. So, um, if, if any of you remember, it feels like it was, a you know, 10 years ago, but it wasn't. It was only a few months. Um, there were a, there were a bunch of allegations that came out about a bunch of people at Ubisoft. Um to, you know, people in management, people in PR, people all over the place, people I know or knew, um, that uh you know the the allegations allegations ranged, right? And and you know, you you never downplay the stuff. Um, you know, there's things that may have been or were simple misunderstandings or, you know, just miscommunications. And then there were like systematic and very purposeful and very horrifying allegations of rape and sexual assault and, you know, all kinds of awful stuff. So um in in that time since then, um Ubisoft some people have left um or were fired or were allowed to retire or, you know, leave on their own. Um, but there's also been um a lot of just moving around or sticking people in places where maybe they wouldn't be thought of for a while and then, you know. Thrown back into the fray, and so there's a, there's a large number of Ubisoft employees, current and former, um, even a ton of people who I follow and interact with fairly regularly, um, who are put, who have put their name on a petition and, and and been pushing it really hard on social media, being like, hey, you know, you know, we need to take some real action. Ubisoft, unfortunately, is really known for its bureaucracy, for its like. Um, loyalty to people. uh, And even uh, if those people are the ones that are subject to a lot of these allegations, um, it seems like it's kind of a cultural thing. And it would be soft that if you rubbed my back, then I'll save yours. And uh, no matter how stale their games get, no matter how samey all their games start to look, um, no matter as long as they're pulling in cash, um it seems like that they will support the people, um, you know, whether they're people who have been accused of things or not, uh, whether they're doing a good job or not. Um, it seems like there's a lot of resistance at the upper levels of Ubisoft to, um, to truly allow a turnover and and to truly allow change and for things to happen that, that frankly need to happen, um, in that company, um because it, it, it's kind of you know it, it, it's a two-sided thing you have these employees who uh and i'm sure to a point it's it's you know studio to studio i've poked around and i've asked and, and i've kind of kept an eye out and it seems like this stuff while i'm sure it's happened at massive doesn't seem like it's as big of a cultural issue there where it seems like there's some very specific other studios like singapore and things like that where it's a huge issue and the the thing is is that whether it's an issue at you know, at so and so's studio or not, if it's happening at another studio, that still represents them. So what happens is you have employees start to feel like the company doesn't care about this stuff and, and they'll leave. You know these people will leave Ubisoft. They'll leave Massive. They'll leave Red Storm. They'll leave these studios that, you know, we. You know, I assume a lot of people here are, are division fans. You know, we, we care about that um, because we want you know these great devs with all this experience and and uh, and so on to stay and to make continue making great games and and learn from mistakes of the old games and and do this and that. And when you lose people, it's also hard to get new people in if all this crazy stuff is happening and and Ubisoft has all this bad press and because they aren't taking the actions they need to take, you know, they can't pull in that new studio lead or that new head developer or lead or whatever, um, from another studio who could have really helped them with their future projects, um, So uh, I, I support, you know, all of the, the call outs and all the stuff completely. Um, I think Ubisoft's in a weird spot right now, man. And, And I think that they can really turn a corner or not. And, um, I think that they need to really turn a corner both in their IPs and in their way they treat their employees. Um, because I, I don't think that Ubisoft's in a better spot today than they were a year ago. I don't really care about their their how much money they're making. I don't care about how well Valhalla sold. I don't care about how well Far Cry Six is going to sell. I don't I don't care about that stuff because you know we've learned over the years that you know sales doesn't equal quality, um, and there's a lot of games that have only sold five hundred thousand copies that are probably better than the Ubisoft games that have. Sold Sold more than 10 million copies, so um, both from a, uh, a a morale or a uh, responsibility standpoint, and just purely from a gameplay standpoint. So yeah, so and we'll keep an eye on that as I see updates or if I see things that you know come up, any statements um, you know about that, I'll continue to talk about it on the podcast. Um, yeah, we'll go from there. Uh, the second to last topic I have here is a Microsoft flight simulator. It did just come out, um, it is also on, it came out for, uh, the consoles for the Xbox, um, for the Xboxes. Uh, so it's been out on PC for a while, highly rated game. Um, I never played it on PC because my PC can definitely not handle it. So I was really excited to check this out. I used to be, I never really played the flight sim games when I was younger, um, but I was very heavy into the Microsoft combat flight simulator games, which were these world war II combat flight sims that were just amazing, especially for the time. I'm sure they look terrible now, but at the time they were like, like for the real, you know, for what we knew. Um, And so I played a bit on stream on Tuesday. So if you want to check out my VOD, you can check it out on Twitch. Um, And it's great. You know, there were so many things that were... It's just such an awe-inspiring game. Like, you look around, it's just so pretty. I flew around New York. I flew around D.C. um, Or no, I didn't get to D.C. I flew around uh, Maryland. Um, I flew around uh, Malmo and Copenhagen and Paris and... Can't remember where else. Um, it's just so pretty. It's not fun, really. I mean, like I flew through the Eiffel Tower and then crashed the second time I did it. Um, it, like I'm not gonna pretend like it's like the most, you know, the most exciting. I'm not going to put a thousand hours into Microsoft Flight Sim, but I'll go back because they're updating things. They're, they're, they're taking parts of the world and, and prettying them up. Basically they use an AI that takes Bing maps footage and makes, and, and like makes buildings uh, and skins them appropriately and things like that. And then they go to specific big cities, notable places, and pretty them up and make them look a lot nicer. And it, I mean, it really is a freaking gorgeous game. Um, again, it's not going to blow your socks off with excitement. Um, but it, like for me, it was nice to just kind of get up and cool looking plane, fly to some cool places, look at some cool stuff, and um, talk to chat while I was streaming. Um, am I going to stream it every week? No, I'm obviously not. Um, but like when the, to- uh, the, the, Top Gun DLC comes out and things like that, um, I absolutely want to jump on and play it. So, um, Microsoft Flight Sim, if you have access to it through Game Pass, definitely check it out. Um, if you prefer to buy your games. It depends on who you are. If you're into more laid back, chill, you know, uh, I played on the easiest, absolute easiest level. I have no desire to actually flight sim anything, but if you're into buying that whole contraption with all the buttons and the, and the, the stick and, and the pedals and, and the throttle and everything, um, it seemed I've heard it's amazing. If you want to get that deep into it, uh, if not, I think it's at least worth a look. The last topic here is jumping back to the division um i i really have tried to move this channel on from being just about division uh, but you know i still can't help but want to talk about it most of the time so um, last week i ran a poll on twitter um, basically saying you know how do you feel about the division franchise currently and in the future Um, and i asked for three simple answers positive negative or neutral um, you see people run polls a lot on Twitter. Um, I took a lot, of, I took stats classes for psych, um, and ran multiple independent studies that I presented at conferences and things when I was in college. And, um, you see a lot of people run polls and they're always so biased and so stupid And the way that they ask the question, the way that they write the answers are always just so dumb to try to get the answer they want. And especially people who like have communities that like, though, like, Someone who only talks about PVP stuff will be like, is PVP good for division? And then they will be like 90%. Yes. With like three, like with like 30 votes and they, you know, try to take that as being significant. It's not, um, this poll where I just asked people's general feeling and gave some very simple answers for them to use. Um, the results as of right now, it has one day left for people to vote with around 260 votes. Um, People's feelings about the division IP are 35.8% negative 35.4% neutral and 28.8% positive. Um, that's about what I expected. The funny thing I found is that when I've ran polls, division related ones over the years, um, I feel like I always get, you know, two or 300 votes and I always get, it. it's almost always, if I give three options, like a positive option, a neutral option and a negative, it almost always breaks down to like 33, 33, 33. So this one's a little skewed, but not by much honestly it surprises me that almost 30 percent of people are positive about what's going on right now um, i'm glad that people aren't completely dissatisfied but um i mean we essentially haven't had new content in two years um if you want to count the seasons as new content i get it that's a fair opinion uh, but i'm under the impression that content was all done with war, with the uh, warlords of new york so they just did it and then it came out but they didn't like Continually work on it, I'm sure they had to finish up you know gun models and skins and some basic stuff, but for the most part, we essentially haven't gotten content since Warlords dropped and Where we are at with that is that it um it it was okay, you know Warlords is great, but it was a fairly short experience. And, you know, it's pretty obvious that Ubisoft decided that that was it and that they didn't let them keep working on stuff because when they changed their mind to let them keep working on stuff, we are now in a giant gap of no information while they have to literally rebuild a team from scratch and then start all this new content from scratch. Um, that's why, um, uh, there's. Unfortunately, I've mostly been able to unfollow and block and and, and be able to get away from a bunch of the toxic content creators and um, just kind of nasty people in the community in general um, who just kind of constantly harass the devs and um, who seemingly hate this game. But even after years of disappointment to them, they still can't talk about anything else. So it's just, you know, I love the game, but even I've kind of taken my attention off of it for a while. And so you see these, these posts and these videos and these tweets by people, you know, and it always, it's always the same type of thing. It's always some kind of like ignorant, like overly blunt, like not very adult statement or question about the game. Like, Hey, where's everything at you idiots. And then they tag like 15 developers only like three are still even with massive or even working on the game anymore. Um, And you actually saw there's some people, there's some devs who were like, can you guys please stop tagging, like stop tagging people who aren't even with us anymore. And, um, and I saw Yannick responded to someone who had done something like this re- uh, in the last couple of days and was like, Hey, like we'll give information when we have it. We just don't yet. Um, And, and this poll I ran, I ran it after I saw that because I was just kind of curious to get a, a vibe off of people. And, uh, and what I think is interesting about it is that like, there is like a lack of recognition by people that like, Like it's a damned if they do or don't situation, right? If they say, well, we're thinking about trying to do this and that and this other thing. But, you know, then people will latch onto that immediately and they'll do multiple things with it. They'll assume that's exactly what we're getting. They'll make up all of their own conclusions about what it's going to actually play like or look like. And they'll already start tearing it down. Yeah, uh, when when these content creators and these people um reach out for this information it's never to be like oh wow that's super dope i can't wait it, it's always so they can pump out some pump and dump 10 minute and one second video about like is the division getting canceled you know this my five takes on this new content that we don't know anything about you know like and so I personally prefer that they stay completely dead silent about what they're working on until it's done until what they show us is what we're getting, because everything is like this, especially in games, especially with division. Um, you know, the, this, this community just, just runs with stuff. Um, and content creators run with stuff. It's almost always negative. It's almost always, you know, you know, presumptuous and putting their own spin or their own sensationalism on it. And it's almost never thoughtful or thought provoking or factual. <laughs> and, and it's why like I haven't consistently listened to another division of content creator in three or four years, at least it's been a long time because it's just so much riffraff. It's so much, Pointless stuff. It's it's so much, you know. People trying to get their twenty-seven cents on their video with two thousand views, you know, um, on on Android now, or or making their ten-minute, one-second build video that looks exactly like every other three hundred build videos. Um, And so, like. It's a patience thing. So the fact that there's almost 30% of people who are still positive about the IP, that's dope. Um, those people are probably ones excited about Heartland, excited about X Defiant, even excited about the Division 2 content. I know for me, I probably am honestly falling into the neutral category. Um, I'm excited about all this media stuff they're doing with Division, about Heartland, not really about X Defiant, but I'll at least check it out. I am excited about the DLC that's coming for Division 2. There is just a part of me that is worried. A part of me is worried that Ubisoft is cashing out they're doing all this stuff to try to cash out on the franchise before they throw the division franchise into everything else the way they have a Splinter Cell, or if they or they may take the division franchise and just completely genericify it the way they have Ghost Recon, like with Breakpoint, and even Wildlands. So um, I was hoping that all of this newfound attention on the division with the book and movie and audiobook and comics and all this stuff was going to be like hey we look we're we're invested in this ip um unfortunately there's i have this weird gut feeling now that it feels a lot more like they're like hey we're going to suck this thing dry before we abandon that for years and maybe forever so i don't want to be overly negative about it even though that may be hard to believe if you're listening to me right now um but i'm definitely concerned i am definitely worried about where they're going with the division franchise i wouldn't say i'm negative at this point i'm definitely disappointed um in general um but i'm also willing to be patient and wait so yeah we'll go from there oh Okay. So, um, we had a few questions this week. I'll hit those pretty quickly and we'll wrap this thing up. Master Prime on Twitter says, um, some light of hope for the division franchise. Uh, maybe I don't know, man. (laughs) It's, uh, it's hard to tell. There is a lot of stuff going on. That should be a good thing. Um, but as I've said in the last couple episodes, um, it could be a bad thing too. So we'll have to wait and see. Uh, Master Prime also asked about the Halo Infinite beta, which I already addressed. Um, what I've seen so far, um, I'm really excited about. Um, and reference my, I made a tweet saying, I think Detroit pizza, uh, Detroit style pizza is better than Chicago. It's because Chicago style pizza is soup lasagna and it's good. Um, but I want to eat that like once every five years. Um, Detroit style pizza is heaven and a box if you haven't tried it before and you have a Jets pizza in your area, that's a chain, or if you have a local mom and pop Detroit style pizza place, grab it. It's delicious. Um, Ron shock on Twitter asked, have you hopped back into division one lately? I match made for a couple legendaries this week and ended up in full groups each time. I wonder if their player counts are up because the division two is stale with content. Um, I would be willing to bet that Division 2's player base is probably like 15 or 20 times more than Division 1. But the reason that people can't go back and play Division 1 and um, still matchmake well is because they designed that system really well and i think they got rid of the region locks um a a year or two ago um i know on like uh, survival and stuff now you can you can match make with people all over the world now now your ping is going to be terrible um but i believe they got rid of region locks so even if there's only a couple thousand people playing division one you should match make well especially if you're playing end game content which is dope um i have not played division one since division two released I have, I've, I've, I've opt in to record some footage for videos and stuff, um, but I haven't played it. I played that game 4,000 plus hours. I will never play division one again. It's a great game. I think people overhype it a little bit too much. Um, I think, people have very convenient memories of division one um and it, it's a great game i think things like survival and stuff were fun um i think survival got stale after about two weeks of playing it and it literally hasn't changed since then so uh, for people who still enjoy it i think that's super cool um but I, I think that there's a, a bit of editorializing going on when people talk about division one and two compared um, now is division two stale right now? Uh hundred percent. Absolutely. Um, I have no desire to run seasons again. Um, I, I was okay with them the first time through. I will never play those seasons again. <laughs> so um, I've seen some rumors and stuff that people have been throwing out that, The new content they're making are hunts and stuff. They wouldn't have made a new team to do manhunts. So, um, unfortunately I, I, it really bums me out to see people who have, you know, fairly significant pull in the division community for better or worse, um, saying things like that, um, just because, you know, it pumps up that view count, but, um, yeah, I, I just, I am fairly confident that Division 2 is probably still a more popular game than people think. Um, I say that as someone who hasn't played it, uh, since the failout mission dropped. So um, I do have to at least be honest about that. Okay. So content updates, um, the streaming, um, I have been back, I've been streaming fairly consistently again. Um, I really want to say thank you to everyone who has stopped by. I really do appreciate it even especially since I'm not playing division, uh, content, at least not for now. Um, when Heartland comes out, when division two DLC comes out, I'll definitely play it. Um, I may even stream some X defiant. Um, I've got some reservations about that game, but I'm still willing to try it out. Um, so I've, what seems like is working out is to do some short streams during the week um, and then try to do like a two or three hour, you know, quote unquote long stream long for me um, on the weekend, either Saturday or Sunday when I have time. Um, so during the week stream for like an hour, hour and a half, try something new, play something I'm excited about, whatever. Um, and then we'll kind of go from there. If I can expand that time, I will absolutely do it it has been nice to chat with people see some familiar faces see some new faces um yeah so um and then yeah i really want to earn back uh I, I would like to see some old faces again um, i understand i basically abandoned my, my streaming platform i even when i wasn't streaming that much. I still was holding 20, 25, 30 subs at any given time. I think I'm down to like three or four now, which is honestly the fact that there's still three or four people who sub to me is like very heartwarming. Um, I've got one guy, boom, who's subbed to me. Um, uh, it looks like he resubbed 46 months recently. Uh, it's almost four years. Uh, he was my first sub that wasn't a friend and my longest standing sub still at this point so um you know stuff like that really makes me want want to come back and keep playing um, being able to play games other than the, the division um definitely makes me want to stream again uh it's just i do miss seeing 20 30 40 50 people when i would stream division uh, or more back in the day uh compared to you know five or ten people now um, but honestly i appreciate even one person who stops by so so yeah content's going well. I'll work on videos and stuff as there's stuff that comes out that I want to talk about. Um, like I did with X defiant, um, right now I'm kind of not super motivated to make videos, um, other than the podcast. Uh, but you know, as things come up, I will do it. And that's what we're going to wrap up with this week. I am Bondiesel on Twitch, where I stream here and there. It's twitch.tv slash Bondiesel. You can check out my Twitter at Bondiesel or at the Echo Cast. If you only want uh, game-related news and so on, you don't want to hear any of my stupid opinions. If you want some Echo Cast or Bondiesel merch, please check out streamlabs.com slash Bondiesel. That's all I have. So until next time. I'm a 64-hour, 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 I'm a 64 hour a 64 hour i